San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, my name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear this show as it airs. And all these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com and also on the KFMB website. And we're also on iTunes if you search the title of the show. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's an accomplished marathon runner, a lecturer for a philanthropist and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? And I almost said philanderer. <laughs> well, actually, you did say that once. <laughs> on a show. Hey, Merry Christmas. Are we allowed to say Merry Christmas? Yeah, Merry still? Christmas. Yeah, Merry and Christmas. Also, also Happy Hanukkah. I think Hanukkah started Hanukkah. Uh, on Christmas Eve uh, as well. So, And whatever else you're celebrating, enjoy the winter holidays out there. And hope, hopefully you're not digging out too much snow. You have some friends up in Steamboat Springs. You know who they are, Richard. Oh, yeah. they, they go there for the month, and uh, they love it, skiing. And there, There's been some weather across the country, though. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. But uh, anything new and exciting uh, that we should talk about before we get into well, our... Well, I'm just excited about being able to open Christmas presents tomorrow. Yeah, terrific, terrific. Well, look, uh, the guest tonight, this is a very important subject. It, it relates to everybody, if not immediately, uh, certainly in your future. Your time will come. Yeah, if you have parents and, uh, <laughs> and you're aging, uh, you're going to love this show because we've got an expert with us and... Um, uh, I met this this uh, lady at the San Diego Press Club banquet actually a couple years ago, okay. and I really feel badly that I waited this long to to get book around the show. Although we are very you know we're booked quite far in advance. However, I should mention if you have any guests uh, of interest, you certainly can get a hold of us. Joe at iymoney dot com or Rich at iymoney dot com or through the website, of course, iymoney dot com. But this guest uh, we have with us uh, tonight, uh, she's a highly successful entrepreneur. She's an expert in the whole field of, um, of dealing with aging parents and seniors. She's a best-selling author. Her book is called Grace and Grit, Insights into Real-Life Challenges of Aging for Adult Children and Their Parents. That covers us all. Her name is Fritzy Gros Dion. Dion. It's French. It's a, it's interesting. It's like our our other guest Tiffany PQ, but uh, t, um, uh, that Fritz. Was PQ. Yeah, PQ. Whatever. PQ. That's right. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Fritzy, welcome to the show. It's uh, it's an honor to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm delighted. Yeah. Absolutely delighted. Your book is terrific. I love the pink tulips on the piece of uh, battered luggage on the mm. cover. That's a great, very That's pink po- tulip press. Yeah, and the it's a very powerful image. I guess it it indicates uh, you know someone's leaving the home, right? Well, and, yes, I, and it's it's funny because we chose a cover that had an antique doorknob and a mm, crystal doorknob, and mm, it really spoke to my grandmother's doorknob. Mm, Turns out it was a free photo, and a number of people used it. So we searched to really find something that mm, was soft enough um, to include the grace and really yeah. the grit. Yeah, and I should also mention you are the CEO and founder of Household Guardians, and there's householdguardians.com for people who want more. I know they're going to want more information by the time we get through with our conversation, but uh, just tell us a little bit about 
how you got you know, interested and involved and in, in maybe your background. I know you went to Columbia and have a master's in Columbia from Columbia in uh, business policy, right? But right. Uh, spent uh, some of your youth in San Diego, 58 to 68, you were telling me earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, But how'd you get into this, uh, the interest in this whole field? I, I, I read the introduction, but uh, I mean, to want to work in this field, it's so, it's challenging, you know, right? Um, it is. And I had been in the East. I was on Long Island for a total of about 35 years. Mm -hmm. And as we talk, especially if I talk more quickly, you may hear that Mm -hmm. come out in my vocabulary a Mm -hmm. little bit. Mm -hmm. But I I had done banking. I'd done work in a utility, and I worked in an environmental company for several years, and then I was kind of ready for a change. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, what can be entirely different than anything I've ever done? And I've always, I mean, since... Being a little girl um, and very conscious about caring for my grandmother who lived on the opposite coast from my mom and watching their relationship. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, there's got to be something to do in this industry. And in 2001, senior move management was still an idea. Mm. And by 2003, there were about 40 companies in the whole United States doing it. So it was really, literally a cottage industry. And now there are companies all over the country. And, and what is move management? Tell us about that. I mean, what did they, move, they help move seniors into facilities or facilitate that whole process? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So senior move managers work with families uh, when there are children around to help or when there aren't. And it's downsizing, packing, sorting, mm. getting the move arranged. Getting and rid of things. Getting rid of things. And dealing, not, and dealing with tough. emotions, uh, right? I right, mean. <laughs> right. Um, but the key to the work in the industry, and now it's all across the country, so you can, you, know, you can kind of go from a move manager where you're starting and get help also at the destination. Mm-hmm. In New York, we moved a number of people to Florida, for example. Mm. But the real part of the service is the unpacking and really trying to recreate the home setting mm-hmm. as closely as possible in the new environment mm. to help people adapt if they have moved into a community of some kind or to a smaller apartment or even helping them adapt to being in someone else's home. Mm. Um, but, you know, getting their own pictures up on the wall, you know, those small things that make a difference for the relocation. So I got involved in that business. Well, your mother must have inspired you because she was a very caring person, as you related in your book, right? Absolutely. Uh, your late great mother. But you are a certified senior advisor and a certified aging in place specialist. And what does that entail to get certification in those fields? The certified senior advisor is offered by the Society of Certified Senior Advisors, and it's an organization out of Colorado that has extensive training and testing um, across the gamut of senior issues. So Mm -hmm. it covers insurance, financial planning, uh, medical issues, some of these transitions issues as well. So it's a it's a complicated course, and you, you have, have to become a little bit of a psychologist too, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And then an aging in place specialist, same same organization. Uh, uh, no, uh, the aging in place specialist is a certification out of the National Association of Home Builders. So they have green professionals, for example, and years ago they started this certified aging in place specialist. And now I'm the instructor here in San Diego. I'm a licensee with Mm. the National Home Builders. So my students are remodelers, designers, occupational therapists, durable medical Ah, equipment people, people who are working in. This is designed homes for seniors to make them safer. And there's like 260 points you have to go through sometimes, right? Right. Uh, Right, right. So that's in, in my work. 
when I do an evaluation of somebody's home, it's about 260 points inside and outside. How yeah. about that? Did you know all this, Richard? I, mean, this is- <laughs> I do some of it. Yeah. You know, I, given some of the clients I've represented over the years, I've spent a lot of time at assisted living homes and still yeah. do, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you go into, um, well, you know, I wanted to ask you, San Diego has, and of course, this is a growing, a growing issue. I mean, 2000. Well, yeah, just ten, look at the demographic. Yeah, 10,000 people a day are turning 65 for about the next, what, 20 years or 20, something like that. 22 years. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is, <laughs> I, I mean, this is a growing field, right? Fritzy, do you find yourself, uh, I mean, taking on more and more uh, assistance and help? Um, um, I do. One of the things that is tricky is the folks who are the ones turning 65. Um, believe themselves to be too young. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the key demographic, I think, for me is the number of people who are centenarians. Mm. So we have about 70,000 people in America right now over the age of 100. Mm. And that number will grow tenfold by 2035. I hope and, I'm one of them. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, I hope you, I'm you, not. Yeah, well, you, you kind of you do and you don't. Well, um, I mean, if I'm if I'm cognizant and whatever. Cognizant and and well. Yes. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, when you look at that particular shift, so you've got hundreds of thousands of people over the age of 100. That gives you either children who are 75 to 80, 70 to 80 years old. Those mm-hmm. are the kids, and then the grandkids are the ones who are right behind the boomers. Mm. So we've got lots of kinds of opportunities that are not just related to the baby boomers. Mm. Well, we're coming up on a break. Uh, we're going to get into the book a little bit more, obviously, and all these stories and anecdotal evidence that uh, Fritzy will offer us. We'll be right back. Hang on. We are back with Fritzy Grodione. And Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel. Richard picked that one out. Not, not. I'm not all that familiar with it, but uh, it's a great song. I guess it's relevant. So my, my oldest <laughs> client, Joe, ever was 107 when she passed. Uh huh. And when she was 106, she said, "Richard, can you come over and meet the kids?" And I said, "Sure." And I assumed she was talking about the grandkids or the great grandkids. So I came over and met the kids, her two daughters, who were 84 and 82. <laughs> Okay, I guess you're, you're old friends. Anyway, we're with we're with Fritzy Grow Dion with uh, Household Guardians. She's CEO, great consultant in the field of aging parents and and the and the adult children, of which uh, we all are in that category at one point or another. But um, the inspiration for the book, I know you you um, you cover in the book. It's great. There's every chapter is a real episode that that occurred, and. Um, in your in your life, and you've and you've helped move like a, th- a thousand a thousand uh, parents out of their home, right? Yeah, over the ten years that I had the business on Long Island, we worked with about a thousand families. Now, has there ever been a case where you just said, "This is just too impossible. I cannot help these people, and they're going to have to figure it out on their own"? Has that ever happened? Uh, I haven't ever left anyone without some kind of assistance. Okay, so maybe if somebody you had to bring some other more more. Um, uh, mental health experts or whatever, right? Or, yeah, because I'm, and the clearest example of those are really like the hoarding cases mm, because hoarding yes. is not just a physical concern. There's lots of other things mm-hmm. that go into that. So, yes, as a senior move manager, you're really very well connected yeah. to geriatric care managers, but also people who have specialties. Interesting story. I mean, I have a friend who, um, he works at uh, Casa De Las Campanas. It's mm-hmm. a yeah, very right. good, very good uh, facility. Uh, but he noticed uh, 
I guess one of the residents, there was a couple, the, the gentleman, they, they've, they got into his unit one day and opened the cabinet and, and tons of cereal and sugar and all kinds. He, he was hoarding stuff from the cafe, from the dining room, bringing it back into his unit. And uh, so I don't know where that comes from, that hoarding behavior. Is it, it might be something from the depression or um, who knows. Uh, but some people do that. Well, my, my late aunt did that when they, they would serve her meals in a room mm-hmm. and she would never use the plasticware that was in like, but she kept saving it. But she kept saving it. And so after she passed, there was probably <laughs> 1,500 sets of plasticware. You never know when you're going to need it, I guess. <laughs> well, hopefully the stuff gets recycled and, and people get and unwrapped. People, so I pe- guess it was. And, and people use it. But um, anyway, so we know the genesis of the book. You were you had make, made Thanksgiving dinner year after year after two weeks before Thanksgiving and had friends to get together. And, and you noticed after about 10 years, they all started talking about the same thing and aging, dealing with their aging parents. Right. And, and how that how to how to do that. And they said, gee, I wish there was a go-to place for this, and that kind of inspired you to, to get into the field, right? Yes, absolutely. And it was, um, at the time, that was really just at the point where I was looking to do something outside the environmental business. And mm-hmm. I, as I listened, um, my friends were concerned about finding home care, um, considering whether moving to a community would make sense. Another couple had uh, parents in Florida, and the mm-hmm. dad had some dementia issues. So there was a, it was kind of a small space that contained the whole spectrum of issues, and mm-hmm. that was really part of the impetus to my doing senior move management. And then out of those years came the stories for the book. Well, maybe we, maybe we can just focus on one of the chapters. Pick up, you pick any. Well, can I ask an empirical, oh, empirical, empirical evidence question first? Sure. Yes, sir. But back when I was growing up, um, it, it seemed to me like families lived geographically closer in terms of grandparents, parents, grandkids. Mm-hmm. And, and now I've witnessed a lot of families where there's tremendous geographic distance between Absolutely. Where, where the oldest member of the family lives and the children or the or the grandkids, and even worse, if one of the kids happens to live close and the others don't, there, there becomes an extreme burden placed on that one who's local. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Are there statistics on this, or, or am, I, am I witnessing something real? Or is oh, yeah, that's very real, Richard. I mean, okay. it's in yeah. our family. Um, I was talking to a friend yesterday. His, uh, his mother lives here, but... Uh, because because that's got to pose real challenges when people are far apart like that and a move has to happen, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's where a senior move manager can be kind of the negotiator and the family mediator. Uh, One interesting statistic that you might find fits in this is 25% of millennials Mm -hmm. are active caregivers. Wow. And that could be because they No wonder they're so stressed out. Well, yeah, yeah, among other things. Well, but the sam- yeah, and, they, and then you have the sandwich right. generation, wow. too. Right. But, well, you're right, because yeah. a lot of millennials are moving back in with parents and even with back in with grandparents, right? Right, and right. And next thing you right. know, they're going to have to be caring for these folks as they get older and, and times and things change and, um, and whatnot. Right. Dementia is, the, is a huge issue or challenge, isn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, um, you, you, you see a parent who he or she is not the same person he or she used to be and dealing with a lot of times the, the offspring cannot handle it because, you know, they want mom or dad to be the way they were right. and they're not quite the way they were anymore. They're, it's either memory issues or whatever other personal behaviors that, um, you know, you're seeing. Um, uh, that's, that's right. And I, I know the one chapter you had to move the lady from uh, her home into, uh, cause she had dementia. She was cheating on her golf score, Richard. <laughs> hey, Joe, Joe, 
Yo, what? D- Dean Spanos does that. Yeah, he yeah, got kicked well, out of Pebble yeah. Beach. So. Well, maybe he needs to be in a home too. I don't know. <laughs> but that's another story. that's another show, Richard. Okay. Sorry, I shouldn't <laughs> but, have said um, that. No um, comment by yeah, the guest. Yes, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. Tell us what happened in that chapter with that with that woman because she was very very elegant lady. lived in the East Coast. lived on a golf course, right? Very right. well off family. And then of course the daughter had started having friction because it fell on her. And I, I think she had right. some siblings out of town too, right? Right, right. Just she like did. Richard's talking, and, yeah. and and of course she's she's putting her life on hold, her work on hold to help move her mother. And uh, tell us what happened. Uh, well, it it was a challenge on on a lot of levels, and certainly helping to reduce the daughter's stress was mm-hmm. a key part of what we did. Mm-hmm. But the mother, not only living on a beautiful golf course, um, also collected some beautiful, very high end kind of items. Yeah, like so she had probably 30 ceramic roosters. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you move to a community, there's usually room to take one or two. You can't take 30. Right. So working, keep kind of keeping the mom in that decision mode helped us really execute the balance of the packing a, that kind of needed to And of course she kept done. changing her mind. I want this one, I want that one. Right. And then of course the daughter was going bananas. And then <laughs> right, right. And the, the line and, the, and really the, the name of the chapter is she's just like her father except I could divorce him. <laughs> and so the, the mother just kind of muttering that under her breath and the daughter who is um, stressed and taking calls from home and doing the very best she can mm-hmm. hears that and that only is another trigger for her. Mm-hmm. Like, really, why am I doing this? And then, why am I moving mom closer to me? <laughs> you know, and so she knew intellectually that having her mom in a community close to her would be physically easier instead of driving the 60 miles each way. But there was a part of her that, you're absolutely right, missed her mom the way mm-hmm. she used to be mm-hmm. and was just kind of caught that the mother, after many, many years, was still angry about the divorce and that was kind of bubbling up because she couldn't she didn't have other short-term memories Mm -hmm. so that that emotion and those memories were very present to her even though the actual divorce had happened uh, many many years before and what ultimately happened they did get her into a facility closer to her daughter right yeah she moved to a community now, a lot of times that works for people. Other times, uh, seniors, uh, I hear some, you know, in my family, I don't want to be around other old people. <laughs> well, hello, that's, that's chapter nine. That's chapter nine. I don't want to live another day around these old people. Well, we're going to get into that in, in, yeah. in a moment or whatnot. But that lady, um, you know, and they're from a very well-to-do family, and I'm sure they were, had a very loving family and with the daughter, but the stress of this whole new situation uh, changed the dynamic and... Um, and of course, hey, some people, you know, don't embrace aging in a positive way. You know, they just don't. Like the f- We're all getting old, and no one really, no one looks right. forward to it, right? I, I guess. Right. right. But uh, we have to, we have to figure out how to handle, you know, how to handle this well. Yeah. Right. I, and I tell folks when I do my workshops, especially locally, that every single day, your toaster is older, mm-hmm. your car is older, your house is, whether you've maintained it or not, mm-hmm. and we are. So hmm. it's not like we're the only ones, yeah. and and somehow re- kind of relating to your toaster getting older kind of helps, and it kind of it takes a little bit of the fear and allows us to engage in that kind Wonderful. of a conversation. Well, we'll come back on more about this aging uh, material, and we'll get into the next chapter with Fritzy Grodione right after these announcements. Hang on. <laughs> 
right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life. And now this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors. Could not do the show without UBS, Michael Caronta. UBS, by the way, Joe, has some amazing material on um, financial issues as they relate to people as they age and families. So big thank you to UBS and Michael Caronta. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. We've got two sets of them. Jason Kruger, CPA with Signature Analytics, a great CFO firm, as well as more traditional CPAs, Polito Epic CPAs, Don Epic and Paul Polito, in San Marcos, California. Also, our dear friend, Joel Grushkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, with all this money our sponsors help you make, why don't you store it at Mechanics Bank, also known as California Republic Bank. It's a great niche market bank serving wealthy families and family offices. Sean Puckett's going to be a guest here fairly soon in the new year. And I'm also Lane Elliott, so big thanks to Mechanics Bank. Hub International, Neil Staley, great employee benefits firm, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance. Also recent guest, Alex Sonkin from the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group. Lombardi Group helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Another recent guest, Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, and Paul also heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly. And last but certainly not least, for those of you who don't have enough time, we would highly recommend Elite Lifestyle Management and Michelle St. Clair. They assist those of us who don't have any time with all kinds of things, from simple travel arrangements to more complex and esoteric needs and wants, such as getting fishing licenses in Cuba. Doesn't sound easy, <laughs> but I hear it's beautiful. So again, Elite Lifestyle Management. And uh, if you're getting hungry because it's around the holidays and you want some good food, we can help there too, right, Joe? Well, actually, it's a good, it is good to, to know about Lestat's Coffee Houses. They're in Normal Heights, University Heights, and New one Hillcrest, all open 24-7, 365. So if you need a place to hang out, uh, even during the holidays, they're open every day of the year and always crowded. And uh, all the coffee is great and all the, the drinks and food is made. Uh, everything's made right on site there, so it's terrific. And also the Very Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle ciccarelli Lirac and all the great work they do with sustainable, sustainable foods and things like that. I've uh, had some great programs with us this year and looking forward to more with them. And I know many of our sponsors have been working with you, Richard, uh, with great success for many years, right? Yeah, in some cases almost three decades, also known <laughs> as 30 years, for those of you who are math challenged. Do the math, do the math. <laughs> hey, speak, speaking of numbers, a belated happy birthday to my mom, Dolores, who just turned 89. It's hard to time birthday greetings right on this show because of airing on Saturday night. Aha, uh -huh. yes, happy birthday, and I know she's a regular listener. Regular listener, loves the show. Terrific, terrific. Yeah. So can I tell my funny story? It actually happened at Costa de las Campanas. It's not funny, but if you visualize it, it's funny. Well, if, sure. It's going to be really short. Okay. So about 10 years ago, I had some clients there, so I was over at Costa lot and there was a hit and run accident that was never solved a woman a female resident was run over by a resident in a wheelchair but there were no <laughs> witnesses <laughs> and she didn't really see the perpetrator but i have this vision in my mind of some old guy speeding away at four miles an hour from the scene <laughs> of the crime and of course joe it's not like in third grade where you know one of the kids put bubble gum on the teacher's chair you know uh -huh. she can't say well we're not leaving you know at three o'clock when school gets out until somebody admits to doing this because uh -huh. you know they're they're there for the duration anyway so 
Um, but I, I just have this funny vision of that whole incident. Fortunately, nobody was seriously injured. So a hit and run. Hit and run. A pedestrian got hit by a wheelchair, or were they both in no, wheelchairs? No, they were both inside of the, the home. But so, I mean, were so, they? But, I mean, so but she was walking. She, the person who was hit was walking, and she was run over by somebody. That's in what wheelchair. I meant. I mean, it wasn't too. It wasn't like demolition derby with no, two not, wheelchairs. Exactly. Okay, all right. And then, and then who, the perpetrator left the scene of the crime. Never solved. Well, they better get some cameras up in that place. That's exactly. all I can say. So anyway, uh, what if you have a? Well, I'm going to give you the ultimate challenge. Um, what if you have a parent who's who's aged and changed? There's dementia issues. It's either paranoia, social phobia, won't go out the door, um, thinks she's perfectly fine, but uh, obviously her her uh, behaviors have changed significantly. But uh, refuses any kind of help. Won't even go see a doctor. Um, what do you do with someone like that? Um, I guess as long as they could. And let's say they're living with one of the siblings, but um, you know. They're just having, they've got paranoia, depression, but it's all unaddressed, and she thinks she's fine. Now, what do you do in that case? I mean, just have to wait it out, I guess. Um, well, one of the things you can do is engage the child that's living with her mm-hmm. and kind of disengage from the mom and have the kind of really important conversations because there, there are physical things that could be going on with her that could easily be addressed and reduce some of the other behavioral issues. So you, at that point, the person that you really need to get on board and part of the team is going to be the child that's living there. Mm. And you need to empower that person with some tools to help work together to make and uh, and if that sibling possible. is unwilling to do that, then you're pretty much uh, you're out of ammo, I would think, right uh, at that point. Because if that if if they're not willing to help in that regard, um, uh, I think it's it's worth um, having the kind of conversation with them. And they may be unwilling because they're afraid they're going to lose their home if there's a change with mom. Mm-hmm. So you have to sort out what their motives are. But certainly, if the mother's health deteriorates. And that can easily happen. There are different kinds of physical infections that we get uh, because we're not well hydrated, for example. Mm -hmm. And so it's not always just the the dementia issues or the other behavioral issues. But I I really believe that working with that adult child and giving but empowering that person to helping them recognize what it is, but then empowering them with some tools to really make it happen. So it's not like you're extricating them from having any control or say at all. Mm-hmm. And well, kind of build. But, 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 but my point is if, if that sibling is not willing or capable to, to have that conversation, uh, then I don't, then I don't, I, I don't really know if there's any options at all. No. Um, well, the, the harshest truly is if you have a real fear about the mom's physical state, mm-hmm. um, you can call an authority yeah. like Adult Protective Services. But can, can I ask a follow-up question related sure. to that? Because I've, I've witnessed this. Um, if a senior family member is having some cognitive or dementia issues, mm-hmm. what, one of the traits sometimes seems to be suspicion or not trusting people. Oh yeah, even paranoia. Para- paranoia. And, and then you say, well, and okay, delusion. And yeah, mm-hmm. delusion. But, and mm-hmm. you say, well, let, let's then try to engage the child or the adult you know, who, who's more responsible maybe for care. But I've also noticed a, 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 shall we say, a challenge when you are engaging, for example, the son or the daughter of the senior family member, and the senior family member then gets even more suspicious because they say, why right. aren't you talking to me? You're talking to him that's or another to her cha- that's when a chapter. you should be talking to me because <laughs> it's my life and my things and my decisions. Right. It, 
Yeah, if we've got. If so got, if so got, can that actually exacerbate the situation? Uh, it it depends, really. Yes, the short answer is it okay. can, um, but it depends on whether or not you're able to bring in a mediator, mm -hmm. um, some kind of a professional, and that's really where, like, the senior move management sure. folks for people who are, that know that they're going to have a transition in their future can be that person. Well, um, but there I mean, are there you, are lots of of people who are trained to work with families at stages well in advance mm -hmm. of when that move would have to sure. take place. Yeah, but when you get an aging parent like that who, who's hostile and paranoid and doesn't trust anybody, you know, to come into the house and won't leave the house, I mean, you really got your, your hands full, right. you know. And, you're absolutely right. And I think you might be hamstrung until there's, a, a, I guess, a significant health issue. Oh, you're right. And, what I said is chapter one, don't talk to my daughter, yeah. talk to me. But right. as far okay. as bringing in outside authorities, I think the standard is if the adult, the parent, uh, the aging parent can um, has shelter, food, and clothing, can care for themselves, I think think there's whether they're hostile and paranoid and depressed with it I don't think there's much you could do until that situation changes so um, right but there are there are ways to judge the measure of how well they're taking care of themselves mm -hmm. so uh, it may appear that someone gets dressed every day mm -hmm. but in fact they may be wearing the same clothes they mm -hmm. may never be taking the clothes off mm -hmm. so there's a there's there are activities of daily living that mm -hmm. are m professional measures of how someone and then they have also what they call instrumental activities of daily living which mm -hmm. is can they manage the checkbook can they grocery shop can they cook it's not just the physical things yeah. about can you wash and can you put on yeah. your own clothes and get yourself to bed and and those things so there's there are ways to be able to measure how someone's doing but even but bring but bringing in outside authorities and I know Richard you probably I don't know if you've seen the situation but it's it's if the per, if the adult is hostile you know and and will not talk to anybody barely talks to anybody inside the family you know to have someone come into the living space who who they don't know i mean it's going to get <laughs> it's going to get uh, uncomfortable. Let's just put it that right. way. And, and I don't know if any, who wants. To, I wouldn't want to be around to see that. But uh, but the you know, anyway, the we got to take, we'll take a quick break. Yeah, right. we'll think okay. about that. We'll come back with Fritzy Grodion and, and talk more about her book when we get back. Hang on. So we're back with Fritzy Grodion, CEO of Household Guardians, consultant and uh, in-home consultant as well as lecturer and and author. Fritzy, can I ask you a question about yes, sir. driving? because we went through this in my own family. Mm. When it becomes time for, shall we say, a senior family member to no longer drive, but they're still desirous of doing the mm -hmm. same. How, do you provide assistance with that? And what, what do you do? For, for transportation? I don't mean for transportation, but, but getting somebody to stop driving oh, who, who okay. shouldn't be, but is desirous of still doing that. Okay. The best answer is you have the conversation before the day that you're trying to take mm -hmm. the keys away. Okay. Because you want to be able to have some research that says you can Uber, you can taxi, yeah. and you need to practice. If you're going to ask someone to, to do an Uber, then you practice. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're going to ask them to take the bus right. or take the sprinter or whatever, then the key is getting out and getting over the fear of mm -hmm. doing that. Um, years ago, a lot of the cab companies would also have vouchers. Right. So you could buy a voucher and the, the family member can just use the voucher and go wherever they want. There's a huge challenge to 
giving up their independence. But yeah, it's, it's a loss of freedom in a sense. But it you is. know what? If yeah. you do a little practice run and show them how to use like the Lyft app, I'm sure it's the same as the Uber. It's really easy. And you say, you know what? You don't have to even, there's no cash changes hands. You don't have to change. You, you just, you know, right. hit a button on your phone and you're out at the door. I mean, it's a really convenient, a convenient thing. So Right. And there yeah. was a time when I thought, geez, you know, we should have a senior Uber. Mm-hmm. And then was like, why? Yeah. Because it's so easy. Mm-hmm. And my sister-in-law's mom, as a matter of fact, is um, in a community in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. And she now has, she's, she'll be 90 three days after Christmas. Mm-hmm. She has her favorite Uber driver. <laughs> and, you know, so the two adult daughters who have spent years taking her around mm-hmm. in the last six or seven months, now they, it's like, where's mom? You know, uh-huh. she's not she's not in the community. She's not in her apartment. She's not at lunch. Where is she? Well, she's out, uh-huh. and because she's out with her Uber driver. So, but I think the key to it really is the planning and and the physical practice of doing it, mm-hmm. because we're all scared to take the bus for the first time or you know go to the I put trolley it off stop. For, I put it off for the longest time because I had to go to the airport recently to go home for a funeral uh, for a senior, believe it or not, but over before Thanksgiving. And um, I did. I used Lyft, and my God, it's it's phenomenal. They're there in a few minutes, and um, it's terrific. It's a terrific service. Right. But um, anyway, the the book is really great. All these chapters, uh, the sibling part of it. I mean, because roles change, and a lot of times when the finances come into play, that can cause friction. I have. A, I'll give you a recent instance. Um, friend's mother needed, uh, you know, medical care. And her Medicare didn't cover everything, so he asked, and I don't know how many siblings are in the family, but he asked one. One sister said, well, I'll split it with you, and of course now it's not happening. because, um, And you've seen this, this happen, too. And I, I, I don't know how you counsel people in that situation, but do um, you have any suggestions? Or, or maybe it never gets to you. Maybe getting that never gets into your plate. I don't know. But. Well, um, for m- most of the families that it's human nature that we wait until there's a crisis or Mm -hmm. until we see another family having a crisis to be able to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. So it's important to engage in the conversations the same way we're talking about practicing with Lyft, Mm -hmm. that uh, we know what some of those important issues are that we're going to talk about. And certainly they, they cross the whole gamut. And finances is one of the ones that you really see all the time, I'm sure, Richard, Mm -hmm. that is a big um, driver for a lot of discord Mm -hmm. Um, and some families, you know, get along well, but it's really not kind of acknowledging at some point that you need to have the conversation and you need to um, step up as a, as a family and, and begin to sort some of that. Yeah. And one of the challenges is in in many, many cases, the senior family member has financially benefited one of the children to a much greater degree than the other or the other children. Mm. And there's resentment, right? and, and there's resentment because it's not equal, and so if it's not equal, it's not considered. And then the battle fair. over jewelry and personal property, right. and, and, and promise me that painting and so whatever, right? Or that couch, and boy, oh boy, you better get that stuff spelled out uh, as best. Well, that, you that's can. why we have things like living trusts, yeah. and wills, yeah. and, and personal property declarations. Can we talk about Chapter Seven? Um, I, lo- I mean, I love the title. Everything appeared normal. When did all these changes happen? <laughs> that, that has to do with obviously somebody's loss of capability. Uh, yes, that story is actually a three-generation story. Okay. There's a young woman, uh, and I meet her just literally days before she has a baby, okay. um, packing up her mom's apartment because her mom 
was going from rehab into mm-hmm. an assisted living community. So as the story opens, we're just getting her mom organized in a community. And then Patty has the baby. And in the meantime, she's calling grandma every Sunday saying, grandma, how are you? Grandma says, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then finally with the two babies, she gets herself to grandma's and she looks around and she realizes that all of these changes happened. And grandma said she was fine Mm -hmm. every single day. And I think that's again, where we're, where we're looking at, at families and the opportunities to really take a look. It's, um, at what's going on. So that's really what that chapter is about is like all of a sudden now she stepped out of her life, looked at the grandma's life. And then what we eventually did was move the grandma into the same community the mom was. And then we moved the whole family, the mom and the grandma to Florida. Mm. So there were a lot of things were, were happening with that particular family, but it's, and it's what I, I try, I blog about it really this time of year, every year. I have Mm -hmm. to change the words in the blog a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it's really, I call it look with my eyes. And mm-hmm. because I do the aging in place and home safety work so much, I, I ask people to, when they visit family, to just take a few minutes. Don't let anybody know. Just walk around the house. Just make note. The same way a realtor will tell you that the 1983 beige paint in your living room is not the best color to sell the house. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't, we've been looking at that beige paint since 83. It looks fine, but an, an outsider. So if you just take a look around the house, look at the freshness of the food in the fridge, just casually look at, walk down the hallway. Are there any nightlights? Right. You know, are there dark corners? Or even, even shoes. Now, my friend's mm-hmm. mother has fallen a few times, and I saw she was wearing these running shoes like Richard likes to mm-hmm. wear with the waffle bottoms on them, and those catch on carpet. I think flat shoes are yeah, my but, but, but I see older women still wearing high heels. Well, they should not, not be wearing no. high heels. Yeah, but, but I mean, they should be. Uh, I, mean, you, I, I don't mean. I mean, once you get up there, I mean, because I, it's I, simply I, not safe. I'm just saying like, you should be wearing flat, uh, flat tennis shoes or whatever with a flat sofa or seniors. People but, are but they do that because they're used to dressing I'm well a, and dressing But formally. I'm talking about the running shoes, Richard. Yeah, they're, wearing, they're, yeah, they wearing those, they're wearing those for casual right. wear, and I think the flat shoes might be like even slippers would be better than, than running shoes, but right? Um, it, it truly depends on the surfaces yes. because running shoes are recommended on low-pile carpet, on right. tile, because yeah. you don't linoleum. want to... You don't want to slip, right? Absolutely yeah. on linoleum. But higher so, pile carpet or whatever, if the, those things do catch, I mean, they got, and people shuffle. They should really pick up their feet and st- try not to shuffle. I think uh, we only have about a minute left. Easier so. said than done, um, Joe. Um, are there? I don't know if this is a good question to ask, but I mean, we've got a lot of local care facilities in San Diego County. Are mm-hmm. any that you work with? Uh, Joe, by the way, did, did we what? give Fritzy's website? Yeah, we're going to get that. But okay, we'll, um, can you? Are there any that you would recommend that? Uh, uh, one over another, or your top five, or are they? Um... I, I really don't work in the senior move management space at this time. Okay. So I'm working with families staying home, gotcha. um, aging in place, and then I recommend people who are very, very familiar with that, and okay. I can help you find someone. Maybe we'll do another show on the, that. Let's to do give you that show. information, well, that, absolutely, absolutely. But I'm just not in a position to be the best yeah. person. Well, let's make sure we do give the website householdguardians.com, correct? That is it. And we, we really do thank Fritzy Grodion. I apologize for waiting so long to get you on. It's been great. 
and uh, hopefully have you back again. So great seeing you. Happy, uh, Everybody, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Richard. Uh, great seeing you this week. Justin Hart, our board operator. Thanks for making us sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanke, our account executive, and to Dave Sniff, a programming genius here at KFMB. All these podcasts are commercial free on iymoney.com. Happy holidays. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye now. Mm-hmm. <laughs>